Welcome to Pedro Breakfast. Uh, I'm Eric, and this is Andy, and Hello. this is a little preview of what you're about to hear. We just kind of went for it, and all kinds um, of all kinds of interesting stuff. We we talked about the sermons we're getting into. You're gonna just to be honest, you're gonna have to bear with us a little at the beginning. I think we said this last time, but we had a technological hiccup. We uh, we talked a little bit about how we're playing some basketball. I guess consider yourself invited. Um, we even talked about where we're playing, and then and That's then right. after that, we uh, we got into some. I think we got into some really interesting stuff about I the think Old we Testament. Did. We did get into some interesting stuff. Yeah, the Old Testament, um, the New the, Testament, the Gospels. Yeah, the biblical view of the end. We yeah. even, you know, I tried to try to get into some some talk about science. Science. Yeah, science. you you gave a little little like review on science, and you know, we want to say to those people who review our show and say that it has low recording quality. We right. address that issue, and uh, we may actually uh, have upgraded in the near future to being really cool like everybody else. Yeah, that's right. We're working on it. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. Hang out with us for that first five minutes, and then it, then it gets pretty interesting. Tuesday in Tucson, Arizona, up in the loft of XO Coffee, where the cortados are delicious, the muffins are amazing, and the uh, conversation's even better. Um, I'm here. My name is Andy Littleton. I'm with Mission Church here in Tucson, Arizona, and Eric Seepin is sitting across the table from me. Uh, his coffee is it's almost gone. Almost mine's, gone. Mine's gone. And we should say this is Faith Over Breakfast, where you and I just talk about what we would talk about if we hung out every week. Yeah. Which we did. we did. We just stuck this mic in front of us. That's right. And then sometimes we act like this is a show. But yeah. it's not a show. Yeah. It's, it's just you it, and me. We actually are getting breakfast. And yeah. for whatever reason, we think that people might want to come with us, but they just can't. So we record it and uh, right. put but it on the interwebs. It might be a little self-importance built into it. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. Anyway. So maybe this show is about how we're sorry that <laughs> we're so vain and... Um, thinking you would actually want to listen yeah, well, to this, but sixty-one people. Sixty-one, man. Imagine that would just be. Boy, it's good that they're. We love you all, but can you, you imagine all sixty-one? That, in this this loft would be. Listening it to would us not talk? be good. Yeah, the conversation would go very differently if you were all here. So yeah. So I heard though that uh, one of my daughter's friends, who's a teenager, listened to our podcast, Stop. which who's not a Christian, yeah. a little crazy, but. Uh, you know, I don't know what her or his, I don't remember what the gender was, but a uh, review of our show was? Uh, yeah. Well, what was it? It wasn't about the content, unfortunately. Nothing about the content. He said that the audio quality was subpar. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I, I, thanks we just man. wanted to acknowledge that we know. We know that. And that it's on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, we're not trying to be clean and polished because we're not, and we're just having breakfast. And we want you to focus. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah. Which, what did he say? Yeah, exactly. We Tune in, you know. <laughs> the good news is today the speaker up on the loft is, Damn. though sitting here, not on. And yeah. so we are we are thankful for that. That's been an interesting little uh, little curveball mm-hmm. we've had the last couple of weeks. 
Um, anyway, you all know we're pastors. Um, Eric, we uh, we were kind of chatting away before we turned the mic on. We should have just turned the mic on 20 minutes ago, as, as is usually the case. Yeah. Um, we haven't been as good at, what do they call it, pre-show prep, or I don't know what that's called. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. You know, part of that's because Tuesdays now, I'm playing basketball. I saw that, and, yeah. but you never invited me. I did. When did you invite me to come I play basketball with you? I swear, I sent, I, there was a group. Again, did you send me another email? Is that what this is going to be about? It probably was. <laughs> I did not get it. Uh, really? No. Because I promise you, I thought it, because I was like, I know Eric coaches and all oh, this stuff. I love stuff. playing basketball. You want to come play basketball? Yeah. Tuesday and Thursday mornings. We're playing basketball at the Randolph Center. How so, many hey, people are there? Well, today there were five. Well, this was, so you could have used me today because you could have had three on three. could have had three on three. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you should come. Anyway. Randolph where? So, it's yeah. Straight on, down the street. Well, yeah, kind of down, yeah, down the street. Yeah, there's, a, there's this amazing so basketball court. Uh, so it's $1.50 if you don't have a membership. Okay. A membership, 88 bucks a year. Okay. Tucson people, listen up to this. Listen up. And then... Yeah, which works out to very little if you go once a week or more. And there's a workout room there, too. If you want to use that, you can. little workout room. But um, Mike, um, our worship leader, and I from the church, we saw that they were open early on Tuesday and Thursdays. So we dropped in on a Tuesday. There's full, big basketball gym, nice, temperature-controlled, lights, everything. Nobody there. Nobody there. Every has time anybody ever been there? In all the times we've gone, there has been one time in the morning where there's been somebody else. And did he once. just join and play? No. It was a it was a guy <laughs> and his son. I think they were prepping for a game. or something. They okay. were just kind of doing some little drills. And then they took off. But every other time, they are, they're open at 6.30 in the morning. And, and Are you there at 6.30 in the morning? We are showing up. We're doing 7 to 8. 7 to 8. On Tuesday and Thursday mornings. You don't look sweaty. No. I'm, was it a light, a light game? I was, I was a little sweaty. I rolled the windows down and drove here in the cool, uh, and so then I close. changed clothes. Oh, okay. So yeah. you know, I have to change clothes. Okay. You don't have I mean, uh, you okay, can I be to. sweaty and stinky? All right, I'll see you on Tuesday. I don't know if I'm going to do Thursdays, but Tuesdays, yeah. Oh, man. Perfect. This is great. Anyway, All wow. Right. Look uh, at that. Hey, folks, look what just know, happened. I might die on the court, but it'll be good. Well, that's, yeah, two of the guys that were there today were uh, were new to the game and, and uh, haven't been playing much, and you could tell as, you know, First, first little game we played, they were pretty winded, and I was feeling that way. But just uh, you know, like four weeks into this, I'm Started feeling less better. Winded. Yeah, which is a nice. Yeah, well, I've been change. looking for an outlet. Oh man! Yeah. All right, do it anyway. Old man basketball. Let's Old man it. basketball. It's great. Yeah, we got another guy from another church coming out. So Mike put something out too to like try to. He was like, "Hey, maybe some, maybe some uh, people, church leaders here will show up." So one did today, which is cool. cool. Yeah. Anyway. All right, I'll be there. Um, wow, wow long talk about how I'm going to be a basketball. Man. Yeah. yeah, this is awesome. Aren't you glad you tuned into Faith <laughs> Over Breakfast? Faith Over uh, Breakfast. See, right. that just happened. That's real talk right there. That's that is real, real talk. Um, uh, anyway, so, yeah, so what's we my to, point? Well, we were going to say something about, like, we're actually going to have a serious show, you and I, next week on yeah. sexual harassment yeah. and, and subjects probably surrounding that. Um, to kind of re-dive in there and, and address things that are happening and how we operate in culture yeah. as followers of Jesus. Yeah, we're going. Yeah, we're going to go into that. We've had that requested um, specifically, and next week it is, of course. Um, yeah, there's so much, so much going around. So we want. We're going to come at it from. Hey, we're pastors. What do we? How do we want to unpack? Well, there was just a little freakout moment we had where uh, it, it was sure looking like what it was looking like to me. <laughs> was like we weren't recording, but apparently we were. 
There, there might be a funny little moment in here for you all. Where, I'll, I'll uh, try to edit something. Yeah. I well, don't hardly ever edit our show either, so no, there's no polish. As we're just talking, there's no polish. Yeah. Hey, you're, uh, your daughter's friend who thinks the, the quality's poor, it's going to be worse. It's going to be this worse one's today. Worse. Yeah, it's going to be worse today. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to dive back into we're going to dive into sexual harassment next week, which is uh, that's a hard one. Um, so that'll be yeah, not looking forward to that. Never, never is that that should not be interesting or fun. No, um, but hopefully helpful. So yeah. yeah, we were talking about sermon series. Yeah, so you are. We're both we're both going to be preaching the Old Testament. So what you know, I mean, I think people from our churches listen to this. So what are you, when you're thinking about, you're getting ready to preach Daniel, and at our church we're going to preach through the first five books of the Bible thematically, and so what what worries you about that, what's hard about that, what's different about that, what are you looking forward to about that, and uh, yeah. Well, what worries me about it is that it's a large narrative covering a a large span of time, um, and once you start and right. you decide your theme there's no going back a lot of times when you're in the middle I mean you can make the adjustment but if you're trying to help people kind of walk through the book you're stuck you gotta go yeah with what you got so that's that's kind of a little scary headed into Daniel whereas you know Paul anything anything Pauline is already laid out for you you're just doing some variations yeah they're just big sermons right written for you so it sure is different yeah yeah and it feels like maybe this is untrue but it feels like you know the gospels are pretty laid out for you too Mm -hmm. so you're just there's a lot of fun things to do with the gospels but you're never going to drift off of the main you know trajectory to the cross and to the resurrection that's where we're headed and then you're just enjoying jesus's life and his parables and trying to massage those into people so then you hit the old testament oh no because clearly the gospels and you know maybe maybe some of our folks haven't thought about this but you know they weren't written it wasn't like matthew's walking along with jesus and he's going oh i'm gonna take a chronology of this guy's life you know i'm i'm his biographer now right you know it's he's looking back because they they didn't you know, from what we can tell, they don't know what they're dealing with. They don't realize what's happening here to the, the level of what's going on. And so then they're looking back and they're writing Jesus' story, but they they are all writing it to different audiences, but they're they're going from they're saying, Hey, like I'm starting here, I'm ending here, I'm I'm proving a point that this is the long awaited savior, redeemer of Israel, who's also the hope of the world. And so they're you know, it's it's all coming full circle, hmm. those books, and that's I would say like Paul's letters, a little different, but he's he's kind of saying it, it is like sermons, it's saying something to the effect of like here are truths, here's how they play out, um, and but he's bringing that whole thought together. Whereas some of these Old Testament books, a lot of them aren't aren't doing that. They weren't <laughs> written that way for that purpose. So it's just very different. Yeah, interesting side note to the gospel idea is I heard recently that over the last 40 years there's been a change in in secular historians understanding of the gospel so that if you were in say the mid 70s to say you believe that Jesus even was real yeah died on the cross and rose from the dead you're either catholic or a, a you know a fundamentalist Christian mm. whereas now about 75% of historians will say yeah. that it is 
that Jesus was born, died, and rose from the dead as historic fact, even if they don't believe really? that Jesus rose from the dead. But, but his, they'll say it's a recorded historical event. Yes, and, beca- yeah. and because of the way we've changed the criticism, instead of coming at it like from an apologetic approach, even from the secular world saying like this is just a, like a, a religious fable, mm-hmm. and, and changing and looking at it as historic documents and putting it under that kind of scrutiny, yeah. they've had to say, yeah, these are facts and these are things that are documentable and these things happened. Yeah, and, which I thought was really fascinating because it's a change in the way scholarship is being done, not just in the religious circles but yeah. outside in, in the university, how they're approaching literature and how they're forced to say, okay, like these are things we have to deal with because we want to know what's happening in the first century. Yeah, and these are very key documents to helping us understand that. Wow, oh, yeah. it's really well, fascinating, and they absolutely are. I mean, I, I don't think you can you can't you can't study that era and ignore. I and mean, this is the probably one of the most I mean, thorough and vast, you know, sets of legitimate historical documents you, you have. And, and yeah. here it's all, and there's all this stuff about this guy, Jesus, right? Right. Yeah. Very fascinating. And huh. interesting things like, you know, some of the things that historians talk about now is the fact that obviously the women and all, I think yeah. all four counts are testify first, which... Which is incredible. Which is an which incredible is, thing. Yeah. The fact that, the, that he was said where he was buried in Jerusalem mm-hmm. so you can go check it out yeah like in that early time you could go and see if yeah. he was there right or not like, yeah this is a this, place this is a known right. location if you wanted to really fabricate it you would have put it in Rome he would have died in Rome yeah and where you can't find him like huh. the tomb being empty like you can go visit it so there's some th- interesting things that you just wouldn't normally do if you were trying to fabricate things yeah there's a lot of things in there so I just thought it was oh, fascinating yeah. Absolutely, the historians are kind of moving in that direction. Yeah, with all the, with all of the, I mean, with how public these documents were and how widespread they were, I mean, there would have been an absolute outcry, and there'd be a large body of literature debunking yes. all of this if it were just absolute ridiculous. And and of course, there were people who disagreed, you know. And but even the scriptural gospels tell you that that people said no he didn't rise from the dead right. his body was stolen they tell you that people thought that right well yeah there's internal you know, like internal most of, criticism yes, yes. Yeah. most of the ones that we would bring against it the bible also brings against it yeah they say here there's a group of people that say this yeah um instead of going like no 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 everybody agrees um and so yeah it's it's a uh, man maybe we should do a whole podcast on that stuff too yeah i, I but, think we should at some point because i think there's a lot like, I think a lot of us don't realize that we're studying a text that is giving us very crazy things. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. you know, we are talking about, like I said in my Unbelievable sermon, things, yeah, right? God decides yeah. to grow up in the tummy of a, you know, or, you know, not a tummy, literally, but in, in, in the womb of a woman. So for nine months, God was in a womb. Like, yeah. that in itself is crazy. That's but, wild. But very reasonable to hold on to and believe. And there's a... And, so it's really cool that the miraculous and the rational come together in our faith. And yeah. the historically valid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so so I guess we, here we are talking about the New Testament and how great and on all this. But um, but what is it? You know, so we're, we're going to do this thematic thing through the Old Testament. Mm. I've, I've actually, in our whole, um, you know, I've been at church planning since 2014. Um, and only done one portion not even a whole old testament book Mm. but one one portion of the old testament in that 
amount of time. Oh, really? <clears throat> um, and part of that was because, you know, it felt like in our group, you know, that there was some, that we needed to root ourselves in in some, some things that were in the New Testament. Um, mm. And then we did, uh, early on, we did Hebrews, which pulled in a lot of sure. truths, and we were looking back to the Old Testament a lot. Um, but I remember when we did this one this one portion, uh, it was, I was like, whoa. <clears throat> just, I Excuse me, feeling, Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this is written so different. Like, this is such a different type of text to teach. Um, and, yeah, I was... It was interesting, like just to be honest, I was like, I was like, man, I can't wait till we're done with this. This is harder. <laughs> um, and I've heard such things, you know, but yeah. but to actually experience it. So you've you've been at this way longer than me. Long how much, time. How much Old Testament? Have you well, heard? see, and probably you'll you'll kind of resonate with this. But when I started, like I had a lot of rules. Rod yeah. and I had rules, and so we had this rule that was. This, we didn't do any topical studies. Right. So it was all going to be books of the Bible. Yeah. So the rule was, we started with an Old Testament book, so we planned our church out of Hosea. So then from Hosea, you had to have a New Testament letter. So wow. we went to a letter. Yeah. From the letter, you had to go to a Old Testament narrative. So from the Old Testament narrative, you had to go to a gospel. Man, the rules, guys. Yes. So we, would, we basically did prophet, um, epistle, Narrative, gospel, you know, prophet. Yeah. That's how we would run it. And so we did a lot of Old Testament. I've preached like, on yeah. a lot of Old Testament books. We have avoided a particular number of books, such as Lamentations, <laughs> uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah. Yeah. <laughs> the bigger ones that I am terrified to, and, and makes it harder because do I want to spend three years on Isaiah? Right. You know, so that's kind of where we've. And then, as we've matured, we drop the rules. <laughs> Is that how it works? Oh, I, I think you it, begin to realize that it, you can't force everybody into a particular thing. Right. But it was really helpful yeah. in learning to do that. But yeah, so yeah. But you're saying like you're going to do these major themes in five books. Five books. So you're talking about the Pentateuch, right? Yeah. Okay. And so um, you can start in Genesis, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. How many? Like, is this all year? It's for the year next so, year. How many stories have you thought are you going to do out of Genesis? Um, I could pull it up on my computer, but to, you know, I, I should say the bulk of the year will come from Genesis and Exodus. Okay. Um, yeah. And you know, I want to say that might be three quarters. Okay. Yeah. And then you'll do a little in Deuteronomy. And then we'll hit like major, th- you know, stuff about, I mean, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of repeats, like, you know, where you see law, mm-hmm. race justice different you know these themes that come up over and over right right you know and so we're we're gonna go at it kind of like explaining these these themes that are just regular that are really key to understanding the new testament and the gospel and showing that here they are in the old testament over and over and over you know in these major in these major narratives the stories we remember from childhood that maybe we you know, I don't know. The famous one for me is you know Noah and the Ark that I don't think I understood at all. You know, right. As a right. child, I was like, I love animals, and then look how happy they are. You know, and, and Jesus saved the animals. And Jesus saved the animals. Isn't that cool? Except yes. that not very many were saved, and a lot of people. And it's a judgment, and it's it's a really pretty horrific um, moment and yes. story. And and I, you know, so like, not that we want to 
be horrific, but we want to deal with what's there, kind of realizing a lot of our folks as, you know, as with us, as if we weren't, if this weren't our job, yes, you know, a lot of our, you know, we wouldn't be spending as much time looking back on some of that stuff. They're like, I grew up knowing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in our church that did not grow up knowing that. You're right. And you don't tend to start there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you, have you watched any of the Bible project? Yes. Very good. And, and I think, I think yeah. yes, in, Incredible in helping people see the yep. breadth of Old Testament books. Yeah, I mean, Very I've been reading the Old Testament since I was a little kid, and watching those videos was informative to yeah, me. Absolutely, and you know, so I, that's you know, I have been trying to think through even just ways to use those in our community to help people see the big picture. Yeah, I think we're thinking, you and I were talking a little bit about this before, of, you know, maybe there's some kind of, some study, because since we're going to do such big thematic stuff, it'd be good to invite our people to be reading these books along with us, you know, behind the scenes, thinking about what's there, since we're only going to be able to touch on so much on a given Sunday. Um, But that was was another thing that came up, was potentially sharing those those Bible Project videos for Mm. people to, you know, throughout the week, kind of leading up to, or or after a sermon, when one was available that touched on one of these themes or one of these books to say, hey, you know, go go check this out because we're going to be doing a very like flyover view of this idea mm-hmm. and showing how it applies to our lives. And you, you really need to look into it deeper. But here's, yeah. here's one way to look at the whole picture of this book. Mm-hmm. And then why don't you, if you have time, if you're able, go ahead and read it too over the next however many months. Um, yeah. Well, I think when you head into the Old Testament... It's an interesting question because you're going to be looking at judgment a lot. Oh, yeah. And rules and laws and, and oh, justice. Yeah. It's all there. So, and there's a and, lot of grace there. And it's blood. A lot of grace there, yeah. So how do you take a series like this and and help it help people who maybe know nothing about God or are new or trying to figure out who Jesus is and who mm-hmm. this all is? And they walk into your church and you're in, you know, uh, the you know, Tower of Babel. Yeah. You're, you know, and all of a sudden we're finding out God's confused the languages and mm-hmm. it seems really weird. How, you gonna, how do you think about that missionally for you? <laughs> like what's, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, that's precisely, I think, what the preaching and the Sundays of our, not, not Sunday, but what the, the sermons are, are for <laughs> is to take this idea and say, look, here's a... Here's a big thing that we learn about God. This is true. This was true then. It's true now. Um, and then bringing it down to say so, you know, breaking it down to say so. Here's here's what we need to know, and here's how this impacts us. And here, this problem is still in the world, and here's how it's solved, and here's how we're a part of that. Um, and then you know, because if we if all we do is just retell the story. You know, from the Bible, just the way, like, here's what happened. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? You know, look at this craziness. That's not going to be very helpful um, for people. I mean, I think they can read it and come away with all that. Um, So we're going to have to work hard. That's going to be Nick and I and whoever else preaches during the year. We're going to have to work very hard to ask that question of what does this theme, like, how can this theme be be applied to us now how how is this theme something that the world needs to understand how, how is this theme something that we must know and understand as we walk out into the world i mean even when i'm thinking of 
oh, we're going to talk about sexual harassment next week. I mean, talk about judgment, you know, and, you know, it dawned on me the other day that, you know, we've got people who are being there. I mean, if we never saw them again, if their body of work was never experienced again, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're culturally very happy for them to be dead to us. Right. Right. Um, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, this isn't judgment. Isn't such a far away theme? I mean, you know, we're, Matt Lauer isn't going to be hung, but, but, but for all intents for and purposes, all intents and he's purposes, become a pariah. He is dead to us. Yeah, there are many pariahs. Yeah. Now he may find these, and I don't know how it is in more the liberal end of things, but, but in the conservative end of things, he may, they may find their subgroups, but they've become right. a pariah to the larger. Yes. Larger community. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't, I don't think it's so distant. And of course, like, that's the whole premise of, of why we still study the Old Testament is these things, yeah, this was the ancient world. Um, and, you know, I believe there's some ways in which God interacted with ancient people who had it, their thinking was different, their approach to learning was different. Um, but these, these human elements, these truths about humanity, I don't believe have changed. And I think we can easily exhibit that in our preaching and yes. show what, and then show why the, why the new Testament is so important and why Jesus is so important. Right. That's, that's my take on it. I don't know. How yeah. are you, how are you doing that with, I mean, well, I you, mean, you're going through one book <laughs> and we're going through Daniel, which is, you know, the, the, probably the last book of the old Testament, because when Jesus was there, they were still arguing over, Daniel, and in fact, probably in where Jesus was in Jerusalem, they didn't accept Daniel as mm. part of the canon. It was it was still in debate, depending how far away you were from the center. Yeah. So this is a book that that's very contemporary. Yeah. You know, because things that are contemporary are three hundred years old or whatever. In, yeah. In in, uh, in in ancient world, not like yeah. contemporary for us is yesterday and three days yeah. before that. Yeah. It's not because our news cycle is four hours right. long, and there's. That was not the case at all. <laughs> no, and so that's a book that. So he references it a lot. Yeah. I mean, his his favorite pet name for himself, Son of Man, is a is Daniel, a Daniel thing. Yeah. So, and yep. you know, and it's it's so there's some fascinating things in that. But I think when I preach on the Old Testament and think about the Old Testament, and you read those narratives where okay, God sends people in to wipe entire nations out. Well, one, I don't believe that they wipe the whole nations out. I think the narrative is very like hyperbolic they went in and they wiped a bunch of people out and they were told to um, and yeah there's some certain circumstances where maybe the whole places were wiped out but you can see historically like oh they were told to wipe them out it said they were wiped out and then oh they're over here so some yeah. people got so it's not these are all symbolic actions but and you think man God is just harsh but then you begin to read in in his prophets and in the Psalms like his heart for his people and the heart for the world is the so, and yeah, the nations is so prevalent, and the weeping of God and the angst of God over this, just the ugliness of the narrative. Yeah. That you start realizing, okay, this this is a human story that is inspired and, and given to us. This is like a, it's this beautiful tapestry of brokenness and God's intervention as ancient people understand God in the midst of plethora of gods right. and demonic and spiritual insanity of you know and you're talking about we we like external you know infanticide like like just the wiping out of children 
you know, and you think about, I remember in my humanities class in college when the professor who was not a Christian said, or a Jew said, this is the moment when society changed, when Abraham climbed up the mountain to kill his son and decides not to kill his son. We can trace how, you know, child sacrifice began to change historically from this moment. And I was like, oh, like, so this is a huge announcement from, hmm. you know, that the Jewish people, like the beginning of the Jewish nation, which is Abraham and the Muslim community, like there's that moment where the ch- value of a child is established hmm. in a powerful way. So like there are just amazing moments like that in the Old right. Testament where you're just like, oh, wow, this is exciting. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know, like how God intervenes that way gets me all excited and choked up. And, yeah. You know. I was, I was asking you before, so the book of Daniel, um, you know, is one that when people think about the end, um, you know, there's a couple books that come up, you know, yes. and Daniel's a big, a big one on, on that note. And, um, so I was, I was asking you kind of, how do you, how do you view, you know, the end, <laughs> like God, oh. if, if all of this is directed and there's a God over history, how does, how do things end? Um, and what, you know, what are, what's your kind of take on that generally? <laughs> There's some names for all this stuff, but, but I yeah, think. Well, and, and, yeah, well, and I mean, I think, I don't know what your guys' statement as a church is, but it really is, for us, ours is one, like, uh, it's, I think it's a sentence or two sentences in our, you know, statements of belief, which is that we believe that Jesus will return victorious yeah. and make all things new. Ours is very... <laughs> similar to that because, yeah. because the complexity of that I mean you look at these great scholars who had some sense of when the Messiah was going to come and Jesus shows up on the scene and nobody recognizes yeah. him as the Messiah that's something you, you I feel he must keep in mind <laughs> is one thing that scripture evidences is that very few to zero experts um, were right yes <laughs> when Jesus came to earth right. so it you know, in this in the return of Christ that's spoken of in the scriptures, should we expect um, the vast majority of experts or you know somebody like that to to have figured this out? No, probably not. And uh, and would it come about in a way that would definitely that would surprise us? Um, as in, you know, Jesus, who they they see, oh, the conquering king is going to return and. He returns meek and suffering, you know, or he arrives meek and suffering and as a baby. And in all these ways that they didn't expect and that they kind of rejected, you know, so might we, might we similarly misunderstand um, in, in a number of directions? I would say we, we have to keep in the back of our minds, yes, we might misunderstand. Yes. Yeah. So I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I mean... I believe, you know, we talked about, yes, do I believe that the tribulation started and as soon as Jesus ascended? Yes. We are in the tribulation. We have been for 2,000 years. Yeah. Do I believe in the rapture? Not like everybody else. Right. Because I believe the rapture is a greeting of the king who is coming to, like, he's coming. When the rapture happens, Jesus will be on the earth establishing his kingdom. We're not going... You know, it's like what N.T. Wright says. You, you, if you're going to heaven, you're only going to be there a short time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because God's kingdom has come to earth. To and earth. now my time is to dwell with men. Like, this is... Yeah. There's yeah. all sort Yeah, there's new heavens and new earth. There's 
New Jerusalem. There's, you know, there's a restoration. It, that seems, I, and I, I feel like that's the, the general consensus these days is, is getting back to that. Yeah. It kind of went, there, there was a long period of time where it was very ethereal. And, right. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and maybe some biblical scholars will, will scoff at this, but from my experience and what I've read, it, it really, until the mid-1800s, the idea of dispensationalism... Oh, that's and a very new idea. all very new. Um, now, there were certainly aspects of it within historic Christianity, but mostly it was not there. Well, yeah, I, I would venture to say almost dispensationalism really not there so so for our folks who are listening her going wait what's that what? <laughs> so you know dispensationalism is an idea really created i mean I, I think you could you could link it back to a guy named charles ryrie yes. in a study bible that he wrote and it's um it it's the idea that history is broken up into seven distinct periods in which god saves in seven distinct ways um and really like they all were intended to work and in, in, in some way or shape or form um, failed to work. I think he might say behind the scenes, maybe God knew that. Maybe you know, that, I don't, I'm unclear on that from his perspective. But there were seven different modes of saving, um, and that the sixth one was had to do with Jesus of Nazareth, who, right. who came, and then the seventh one um, is is really kind of a, a, a war on the earth um, in which the nation state of Israel is reinstated. And this is you wouldn't believe, especially in America, how how much this impacts politics and, and people's views. So it, when you adopt this idea that the nation state of Israel is going to be reestablished and that's how God's going to restore his reign, well, then politically you're going to support anything right. that supports Israel in the Middle East. Right. Um, and so a, a lot of you know what's kind of seeped into our political you know, scenery and you know, has to do with dispensationalism. So don't right. forget, religious ideas have massive importance they do and you can't just get rid of religion and get rid of that you know you have to you have to really seek seek truth but all you know a, a scriptural examination of dispensationalism falls flat falls I would agree apart. I would agree and um, and there's and there are too many charts and graphs there are too so many charts and graphs <laughs> um, but um, there, there, we could go on and on but but this has become very prominent in the evangelical sure. church and it might be one of the most damaging I mean I would venture to say you know heresies that the church has latched onto that's really derailed um, our views on things yeah it definitely has I mean and, and I, I I feel like for me I personally have to be careful because I don't want to speak in, in authority over that because in some senses I mean I have a lot of people even probably listening probably are and I'm, I'm sure there are people yeah. in our church well I grew up assuming it yes because the churches I grew up in assumed it and right. and the left behind books came out and I went yeah. oh these are biblically based well biblically through the lens of dispensationalism yes yeah right well and they also oddly enough come out of how you believe your salvation is, yeah. is you know can you lose that salvation yep. Do you have the will to choose that salvation? Like it, it is a very self-empowering the, theology. So it's it's yeah. man-centered, yeah. not God-centered. Um, 
so it's like you got to be on the you've got to be ready and right with God when this mm-hmm. rapture shows yes. up. Terrifying because holy cow, growing up with that, you like you thought. Well, I mean, you don't know how many times I prayed the prayer. I remember uh, a nightmare about it. Yeah, of like salvation because I was like, well, I did this yesterday, and I'm doing my saves. So I need to like I don't know yeah. how many times I asked Jesus into my heart, <laughs> quote unquote. Because the big fear is like any second now, people are going to get sucked off the earth, and then and then you start to study into that in the scriptures, and you go, wait. Where is that? Like, right. I mean, there's there's a return of Christ, right. where you know all of all of his people are swept up to him and joined with him. But you know, anyway, there's yeah. and, and I know there's a long debate and there's some verses that people will pull out. There's there's some really great scholarship out there. I'd yes. recommend I'd recommend Greg Beal. I'd recommend Tom Schreiner. I'd recommend a whole lot of folks that you should you know go go read and and study. And there's some good work done on why this. Those those passages are not referring to some of this stuff. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, that's a sidetrack. That is a sidetrack. But, side but I, I assume a lot of people are interested, and and you're going to start to step into some of those right scriptures in Daniel where that bring up those questions. Yeah, and we'll have to address those when we hit it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Man, so in your in your view, the next step is uh, is Christ returns victorious. Yes. Right? Yep. That's my view. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, and, and I think and, and the, the rain is on the earth. The rain is on the earth. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, and I, I I have some weird views about it, and that are not like, oh, this is my church, but personally, right. where I believe that the part of the new earth and the new heavens are not an instantaneous thing, that I actually think we, as the people of God, are going to be called with the power of God to in the light of Christ and the new Adam like being what Adam and Eve were supposed to be that we'll be able to go and and restructure a place and Mm. bring healing to a people that may may not be part of the kingdom I don't know how that all is going to look but I I think God has this constant restoring experience and now or intention and now we're going to partner in that in a new way and in a different way and I don't understand what that's going to look like or how it's going to look there's a lot of mis- mystery behind that. Yes. The thing that I that I tend to on a similar similar maybe a little different note is, you know, and this is one of those things I can't prove, but I kind of feel might be underneath some of these ideas is the idea that what we the good work that we do now might continue um, forward. Um, in you know that it's not all lost, and I get some of that from you know the idea of like you know what some of the things Jesus said about you know people being some being saved and their work being tested and, mm-hmm. and things like that and um, and I, I don't think that just means work as in like like oh are you are you moral and your morality right, right, being right, tested right. but it, but I because I don't think Jesus was I, you know and I don't think the scriptures speak in, in such segmented ways about what we do and what we build and what we and you know what we create and who we are I think those are all tied together um, and it, they definitely seem to be tied together in the ancient literature you know what your, your the land you cultivate and the things that you build have a lot to do they come out of who you are mm-hmm. and out of your morals um, and out of your heart um, yeah. toward God and and so you know I, I I sort of you know though I I would never claim to know quite how that works no. you know but I would say like I don't I don't think the work that we do here, you know, scripturally speaking, is just like, oh, then it's all gone. Right. Um, and now we're in a, just in a paradise. Um, 
Well, and I think, like, what you're saying, like, it has a lot to do with relationship with God. And so, in the sense that, like, I'm developing a relationship now. And when the end comes, and when you step in, your relationship with God and my relationship with God are not instantaneously becomes the same. Right. Like, we're going to have a different relationship with God, and you may have a deeper intimacy in areas with God that I don't because of what happened in your life. Right. Like, you're developing a story with God that's going to continue, not right. all of a sudden we're all equal in the... And it, we all are just know and are known the same, and we become right. kind of monotonous yeah. units that don't have personalities. Right. And I would think the thing that we just all have that's similar is we have access to the throne room of God. Yeah. And I think... Jesus's, you know, righteousness. And, and I think all of that is ultimately based on the fact that there's a triune God for all eternity. So there's, you know, never in, in eternity has it been just a, a monotonous, you know, existence. There's right. always been a unity of diverse persons. And yes. so then the he created um, diverse persons, he will reunify with himself and with each other. Diverse persons, right? Which means they're gonna, yeah. It's and that's a. I don't know what to do with like that. That doesn't. I can't comprehend it. But mm-hmm. that's an exciting thought. It is an exciting thought, and that makes you know eternity with God. It's like because then it's going ah, the things that we experience here that are good and beautiful and true, would actually be cleansed and refined and perfected and go on. Right. And the things that are broken um, here that, that destroy that, that break unity, that, you know, that corrupt it, that, that cause, you know, diversity to be divisive. And, and all those things will be undone and right. will be removed and we'll get to experience the way things were supposed to be. Right. Which is interesting because I, I don't think that will mean that there isn't adversity. In yeah. the sense that... I don't know. I think it means, like... I think that there might still be a wildness to the new earth and a wildness to the new heavens that, that are right. to be tamed together. Yeah, and I, I But won- I don't I think that we're going to go tame it and you're going to get crushed under the rock and we're all right. going to mourn that you died in this process. Right. I think that's the difference. I think, hmm. yes, I think that we are now called to do things, but we're not, we don't have to worry about death in it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, when when my dad died and we talked about that or when when we heard he was going to die and we talked about the passage in Isaiah where no longer mm-hmm. will will an old man not live out his years even in things like that you you're thinking wait like <laughs> it feels it sounds like someone's aging right right and um and so there's some interesting stuff to grapple with and all that and probably to admit that we don't understand how would that work how would how would there be infants who will not die in the right. new heavens, new earth, um, you know, or is that is that portion of Isaiah is in in that moment? Is it talking about something, you know, literal and local, and then it's some of the language points forward, or is or is there a lot we don't understand about the new heavens, and new earth? And I I would venture probably a little a little that. bit of all that, <laughs> yeah, right. And I mean, I think it's just the metaphors of. of the ancient times too just right. giving out like the sense of vitality and, and not and they weren't feeling like they needed to report things with perfect uh, yeah. accuracy and can truth be can truth be told through through such metaphors yeah absolutely and we want things to be like 
scientific facts, and, and we don't even know what science is. We don't even know what facts are. That's problematic. Yeah, that was a problematic statement, too. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Can I give you my definition of science, just yeah. for fun? Okay. I want to know what you think of this. That, I get this from a, from a philosopher I read. Um, science is the classification and measuring of things that we can observe using the categories that we've created. Yes. I like that. It's good. So at the end of the day, if our categories are just our own created ideas, yes, um, what do we really know? Yeah, we can only suggest that we might know some things. We can classify and calculate the things we can see with the categories we've created. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, and then that's when it comes into philosophically just what's reasonable to believe and what's right. not reasonable. To right. Now we now we got to get the philosopher back on. Yeah. Right? Well, oh. I actually have a, uh, I have an appointment in 15 yeah. minutes, my friend. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's sign off. Out. It's good to see all you guys. Yeah. I didn't see any of you. So. Well, good to know that you'll hear us. Thank you. See you next week.